Yes, hello, Sports Bazaar fans. Titus O'Reilly here once again. Just a reminder, if you haven't heard, I'm doing five shows in Melbourne in 2024, starting March 14th, running through to the 23rd of March. It's called Sport, the Unauthorised History. Gee, this is the best show I've ever written, which is not saying much, but uh, it's still a good thing. Tickets are on sale. A lot of them are already getting very close to sold out. So if you do want to grab some, I recommend jumping on. I'll put the link in the show notes, and I'd love to see you all there. And before you ask, yes, I am planning on taking this one around the country. So stay tuned uh, for more shows around the country uh, in 2024. See you there. It's Sports Bazaar. This is where the trouble starts. It's like a party switch has flicked off. We're not here for a haircut. The hunt for the weirdest. You're blowing my mind. I can't keep it. You fact check this. There is no logic to any of what's going to happen. Strangest. Wow. This is outrageous. It's not for the ages. Things are just going to get sillier and sillier. No red flags there. Most unbelievable. Volatile. Erratic. Simple. And clinically insane. Stories to ever occur. There's a lot of our stories that start with someone. Fleeing money lenders. This is not the perfect preparation. In the world of sport. This is the opposite of perfect preparation. <laughs> this is the worst. Sports bizarre. Yeah, were you saying horse whipped as in he was actually horse whipped? Yeah, uh, he said there's only one thing for it. I ordered hair of the dog. <laughs> of rabble of vagrants, drunkards, ruffian brawlers and gambling desperado. So like the Sports Bazaar audience. <laughs> this is the Sports Bazaar Summer Edition. Do I miss that meeting? You miss a lot of meetings. <laughs> With Titus O'Reilly. Yes, hello, Sports Bazaar fans. Titus O'Reilly here, and uh, we've got another guest for our summer series, and this is the perfect one for us because we love bizarre stories. And today I've got a comedy writer, Dan Lebke, in. He was a regular contributor to Mad Magazine, which is, if you're my age, that is a claim to fame. It was one of the all-time great spy versus spy. Yep. All these ones. He co-hosts the Can't Bowl, Can't Throw and the Ridiculous Actors Cricket Podcast. He's got six books out, but the the one that we're going to be talking about today, and they're all great cricket books, a lot of them about we've got the greatest moments in Australian cricket, 50 greatest Australian cricketers, but the one we're talking about, which is spot on for us today, is the 100 Funniest Moments in Australian Cricket. It's out now at all good bookstores through a firm press. Dan Levy, great to have you here. I just finished your book yesterday. The memories that come flooding back of what a st- why is cricket so funny? I, I've got a, a very deep theory about this. Yeah. And I, I can do That's the what deep we're theory. all about here. Right, deep little, theory. All right. So the deep theory I, I've got is uh, I think it's Mel Brooks who said, Tragedy is when I cut my finger. Comedy is when you walk into an open sewer and die. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's kind of a, a classic quote. And I think one of the funny things about cricket is that. It only takes one mistake for a batter to be out. That's the end of their participation. The margin of error is, is, is so slim. Yeah. That's, the, you know, the walking into the open sewer and die bit. No matter what happens, if there's any chance of a batter being dismissed and the threat of comedy about, that just kind of permeates cricket everywhere. And the, the more unusual the moment, the better. Yeah. You know, if Johnny Bairstow's wandering out of his crease and he's being stumped, that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of permeates it. And then you've got so much time in between all the deliveries. The time is a huge The time is brilliant. Too. People spend more time, you know, wandering around, changing the fields between overs than they do with the ball actually in play, which gives you plenty of time to contemplate. It's like, what is going on here? Why is this so interesting? There's something about a group of blokes together for a long period of time with 
not a lot to do at points, <laughs> yeah. you know, whether it's lunch breaks or whatever, that seems to lead to nonsense. Like we find when looking from our stories for sports, is that baseball's been a very happy hunting ground, yes. you know, for very similar reasons. Cricket's great. You know, the more pacey sports, they have a different energy to them. Yeah. Football and rugby and that. There's more violence and <laughs> sex scandals or crazy things. But for the just the pure, bizarre bunch of blokes, because I remember one of my favourite moments in cricket, which I know you have strong views on, because it's come up again recently with Mitchell Johnson and mm. uh, Dave Warner getting stuck into each other. But when Sandpapergate happened, and remember that was like people ringing the ABC talk back in tears. Yeah, they were furious. They were furious, you know. this was So it was that bigger issue. And people who weren't into cricket got dragged. Because I think cricket people went, yeah, if you tamper with the ball, it's like you miss a test. Yeah. That's the cricket rule yeah. on paper. But outside of cricket culture, the Australian culture is we don't do this. This is what those Indians and English do. Yeah. We don't do this cheating thing. But if I had this woman say to you once who's not into cricket, a friend of mine, because this is like really full on, isn't it? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know. that's. And she said, um, I just can't believe that they thought this plan would work with all the cameras <laughs> and that. And I was just like, well, have you never met a group of Australian men before? <laughs> you, you know, if you give them enough time and they will come up with dumb things. Yeah. And I think that's an element of it as well with cricket. Oh, I mean, especially on that tour too, which, you know, you, you kind of forget the lead into that where everyone was angry. Like a couple of tests before, David Warner chased uh, Quinton de Kock up the stairwell. In the, in the, in the stairwell, the, you know, that's right, yeah. Faf had to come out with just a towel on to give everybody Warner should have to. been sent back before that game even happened. <laughs> that was what I found amazing. Yeah, I was, I was all very angry. So I think everything just escalated until, you know, like, got to this crazy state. See, I always had a theory that David Warner's a bit like a stepdad, where as long <laughs> as he keeps scoring runs, where we kind of put up with him. Yep. And it's a bit like a stepdad that keeps giving you gifts. <laughs> you kind of go, oh, he's all right, Barry, even though but the, if he stopped, he'd go, oh, I wish he'd go away. Know, go away. Yep. And Warner's a bit like that guy. It's like, oh, when he's scoring centuries of winning his tests, we're like, <laughs> yeah, you're good. But the, the goodwill is very thin under the surface there. Yeah. Yeah, and he does push it a little bit, does uh, does Dave. He, he's, every now and then he'll come up and say, oh, I'm a changed man. And then, you know, it doesn't take much for it to go, <laughs> well, are you that, that much changed, Dave? When I read this book, I'm going through and So one, it's this memory lane. Some mm. of them I didn't know or others I knew and it was this, yeah, I remember you've got a bit in there about Zoe Goss mm. bowling Brian Lara. Yes. And if you're of a certain age, you remember that being a really big deal. Yeah, that was eye-opening, wasn't it? Girls yeah. playing cricket? Girls Can playing you imagine cricket. such a thing? She was the only female cricketer anyone had heard of. Yes. She yep. played in these sort of tournaments that were charity. Yeah, they're all they like were, yeah, testimonial, testimonial games. Testimonial games, yeah. yeah. And she, they would put her in a skirt, mm. like a netball-esque skirt. Yep. And, but she was a good cricketer. Yeah, she was, she was a great cricketer. She was, you know, one, one of Australian women's best cricketers. But that was an era where you did not hear about Australian women playing cricket. Yeah. It, was, it seems so strange now where, you know, you've got all these, you know, your Perrys, your Lannings, your Healys, they're all household names. Yeah. And in those days, it's like Zoe Goss was the household name because she got Brian Lara out on television. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. And Brian looked as astounded as everyone <laughs> Yeah. I was watching, you know, because yeah. it was just not. I always remember I was in Adelaide once and uh, I was doing a test for seven. I was doing something for them that time. And that night we were all in the hotel bar downstairs and all the commentators had to commentate the next day. So they all left. Yep. 
And I'd done my bit for the day. I didn't have anything the next day on. I was just going to go watch the cricket. And so it ended up being me and Brian Lara oh. in the thing. And he didn't really know me but had seen me on TV that mm-hmm. day and was doing stuff with Seven. So he's like, I vaguely know you. Yeah. So he's like, everyone had left and he obviously didn't want to leave. So he's, <laughs> he says to me and goes, you're my wingman for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> which seemed to involve me fetching him white wine while he chatted to girls. That enough, seemed too. to be the whole job of being Brian Lara's wingman. Uh, but it was just one of the most surrealist <laughs> yeah, moments of my life. Definitely got to put that on your business card or something. <laughs> Brian Lara's wingman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, it really did just involve me fetching him white wine <laughs> whenever he wanted it. When he was talking to the girls, it was like he included me in the circle. Yeah. It felt very much like being a caddy. what struck me about reading the book though is just your memory and ability to like narrowing there's a hundred of them Mm. but even narrowing cricket down to a hundred funniest moments of australian cricket is is hard yes it is and did you find yourself like going i'd completely forgotten about that moment and worry i was going to miss something yeah definitely that a lot when i when i got the book deal i you know immediately crowdsourced everything out on twitter out on all the social media saying Tell me the funniest things you know about cricket so I yeah. don't forget anything. So I had a massive spreadsheet full of them, yeah, far more than 100. And then it was just like, well, I want to get as many of these in as possible. So I started combining them like like every single person has been hitting the nuts goes in one entry. Yeah, yeah. You can't, it's not it's not the 100 funniest <laughs> nuts hitting the nuts. That's the next book. That's the next book, yeah. <laughs> that, I worry about the state of publishing that that would probably get a book deal faster than a lot of others. And probably well, sell. Keep, keep your eyes peeled for next Christmas. Have you had good pictures of that? I could see it as a very glossy big coffee table book yeah. of just guys oh. getting... Look, there's Joe Root being hit by Mitchell Stark. Just with pained looks on their faces. Yes. We might collaborate. I can see that being a huge seller. Yeah. I like that you, I'd forgotten about this particular one, but you go into technology and where, because technology creates some great ones. Ian Healy, (laughs) the Australian wicketkeeper, then commentator, he was doing Channel 9's lunch break show and he got on a Segway. Yes. And like everybody who gets on a Segway, he almost immediately stumbled forward, then <laughs> fell off and just rolled around on the ground. And then they cut to an ad break. It was, it was delightful. Because it was like when that guy ran into Usain Bolt on yes. a Segway yeah. and took out, took out <laughs> it was in the middle of a tournament, almost broke the legs of the greatest runner of all time. Yeah, Healy has a few moments where he's been involved in very silly things commentary-wise. Yes. He once blamed the wives of the cricketers for them performing very badly. Yes. One one of the policies I had in the book was anything that made people angrier than it made them laugh, I was like, you're not going in the book. Yeah, yeah. These so, are the funny moments. <laughs> yeah. So so that that kind of ruled out underarm and sadly sandpaper gate. I found sandpaper gate quite funny, but uh it is hilarious. I, I made a lot of people angry. It's it's hilarious. Cameron Bancroft put a piece of sandpaper down his pants. Yeah. That is by any definition funny, but it did make too many people angry. Uh, to the go reaction in the book. to it though, when people in the in Australia acted like it was the worst thing that ever yeah. happened. And I used to do a joke saying, you know, sandpaper gate is it's changed the way I look at things, you know, because I always thought 9-11 would be the biggest event I'd live through. <laughs> yeah. Because people were like on that level of yeah, this is the end of Australian society. They were like very upset. A 19-year-old ran some same paper over a cricket ball. Yeah. 
so the segue is great, but then you get into, you know, we've had spider cam mm. that's hit a fielder before. Yeah, just swooping around, hitting, hitting poor South African fielders. We haven't had one of the Rovers run over, the sort of motorised cars with a camera on it run over anyone yet, have we? Are no, we... but we did have Stuart Broad getting angry with the, the motorised Rover last year. Remember he came into bowl and he said, yeah. stop moving the robot. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think all the technology's got to get uh, somebody upset at some point. <laughs> that's the key bit. Mm. Like it's the, you know, the one um you've got another one here which is great which is james faulkner's celebration <laughs> tell us about that one it was poor old brad haddon that's right yeah so james faulkner came in took a wicket as usual you run into your teammates you celebrate you high five high 10 yeah and uh somehow james faulkner missed the high 10 poked poor old brad haddon in the eye Sufficiently badly that Haddon had to go off and uh, yeah. lose his wicket-keeping spot briefly while his <laughs> eye was tended to. That was very comical. A bit of Three Stooges gear, going back to a classic slapstick. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm more surprised having read this that there are more celebrations that lead to injuries. It's a classic trope. My favourite's uh, 12th Man. We did a Keith Miller podcast recently. Yep. Sid Barnes coming out as 12th Man yep. dressed as an air line steward with <laughs> uh, bringing out combs and uh, deodorants and yep. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. The 12th man seems like a position that's designed for some sort of comedy at times. Yes, yeah, it, it, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great position, isn't it? A great role. Yeah, just coming and watching. But then sometimes you get people where the 12th man can't even play. And yes. you got uh, Luke Pomer's batch mm. who, this was December 2007, he shows up to a T20 international between Australia and New Zealand as a spectator. Yes. Now, we should say he, he was a first-class cricketer. He was, He indeed. hadn't played for Australia. No, he hadn't. <laughs> Until he, that day. So he shows up just to watch the game <laughs> yep. with mates, I'm assuming. Yeah, not, yeah. not even like as part of the touring no. party or well, anything. What was it? wasn't part of the squad, wasn't officially part of anything. I, I think the story is that Brad Hodge injured his back something trying to get his pants on. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> not, not exactly sure what the deal was. Someone went down injured. Yeah. I don't even know how they didn't have enough yeah, spare so Brad, players. Yeah, I think you said Brad Hodge yeah, during the warm-up. Yeah. So they didn't have enough. They didn't take T20s particularly seriously early on. No, you do mention that like <laughs> one of the some of the comedy is how little interest yeah. the Australian players took in the early T20s. Yeah. So anyway, they gave uh, Luke a call. They, they must have known he was at the ground somehow and uh, said, do you want to come and play he's like all right so he got his got his kit together <laughs> borrowed some kit this from is a Brandon proper Brindle. international a this proper is his australian debut his australian debut he had he had a bat had a run around <laughs> in the field he had a grand old time uh, and the thing i love most about that is that he was technically suspended from his state team at the time because he'd you know been drinking too much when he wasn't supposed to after yeah curfew. broke curfew yeah yeah, yeah. So that's probably loophole. the only reason he was there because <laughs> yeah. he was banned from playing from wa but yeah. he gets a call up yeah. I don't think he goes on and does much else for no. Australia, does he? That's his... No, but it gives hope to all of us, doesn't it? If we, we show up to a T20, <laughs> someone might get on the phone, give us a call, say, you want to have a go? Yeah, I'll have a run That's around. like me with like the front bar, I think. If about 14 comedians <laughs> die, I could be on that panel one yeah. day. You Fingers know, crossed. It's all that, that's all that's required. It's yeah. such a likely scenario. Uh, one of my favourites, which to me is very funny, but at the time, because I actually, after I read this, I was speaking to my dad about this. And he said at the time it wasn't seen as funny, mm. which was Dennis Lilly asking the Queen for her autograph. Yes. This is a centenary test. It was 977. Yep. The Queen comes out meeting all the players. Yes. 
Lily is at the peak of his sort of open-chested, hairy yeah. chest, big moustache. I mean, he was the machismo he was, yeah. on steroids yeah. kind of guy. He was the most macho guy going around in Australia. He was, yeah. Yeah, in the, in the 70s, like, it's basically a stereotype of 70s cricketer is Dennis Lilly. Yeah. And he got up to so much nonsense. He's just... Yeah, you, I'm, you, I'm, you do a whole bunch in this one on Lilly. You could have picked eight yeah. Dennis Lilly stories. I mean, just the aluminium bat by itself, that's mental that's madness yeah, and that's yeah. just a footnote in my, in my story on yeah Dennis that's Lillard. right so he uh, asked the queen yeah for an autograph yes. she put, when they're all meeting she's meeting them all before the game yes. so ian chapel i think it was ian chapel might have been greg a, a chapel captain was uh, introducing them all lovely to meet you all and dennis is just like can i get your autograph yeah. yeah lovely stuff my dad was saying to me that was seen as very rude mm. by a lot of people yep. you know because you remember when Paul Keating lightly touched the back of the head and he was yep. like the lizard of Oz. So this was seen as kind of disrespectful to yes. ask this, which now I think any member of the Royal Family would be thrilled for a cricket to ask for their <laughs> anyone to ask for their autograph. Well, we do have the sesquicentenary test coming up in just a few years now. It's like in, oh, in so 2027. Yeah, I'm hoping Cameron Green asks King Charles <laughs> for an autograph. The Royal Family in cricket is great because mm. you had Princess Margaret and Keith Miller being rumoured yes. to be together. <laughs> Prince Philip was often involved with their, like, going along to all the cricket and yep. all that sort of stuff. So you had a rich history of cricket and royal family yes. sort of intermingling in, in ways <laughs> like that. But Lily also, like you said, he had the aluminium bat. Mm. He had the uh, stouse with me and dad. That's right. Trying to keep me and dad up the bum, which was uh, just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. So so much crazy stuff with Dennis Lilly. He sold a lot of those aluminium bats quickly before they got banned, I was reading. Like he'd yeah. done this deal for it. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> so I did love that one. That's a great one. I love that you mentioned this to me was one of the funniest because it came up and it still comes up today in various sports. In the 1994-95 Mercantile Mutual Cup <laughs> domestic one-day tournament. That brings back a lot of it memories. Does. The Victorian team played every match in shorts. Yeah. Which at the time I remember was funny how in other sports, no one, basketball you wear shorts and yep. boats and Golf recently, Live Golf announced famously mm -hmm. that they're going to let people wear shorts. And right. everyone was like, this is a revolution. <laughs> But Victorians wore shorts in cricket. It seemed unnatural. And I'm not, as you say, I'm not quite sure why, why? it seems yeah, so yeah, unnatural, yeah. but it really, I mean, seeing Merv Hughes running in in shorts, I mean, that's something no one needs to see. It's yeah, it's just not what you're used to. It's yeah. a bit like there's the Simpson moment where Marge says it's something weird about a Bart flying a kite at night. <laughs> just something about it is odd. And it's like that. You can't explain why it's odd because as was like, Lots of other sports you wouldn't even blink an eye. No. Pretty much it, every sport you yeah, don't blink an eye. It's yeah. just it's not done. Yeah. How well did they go in shorts though? They were brilliant. That was like one of their most successful years I ever. I think they didn't lose. Yeah. Didn't they? they won the whole tournament yeah, basically. Shorts, shorts are the key and, to success in cricket. And then they went, we're never doing this again. <laughs> and then they went back to, you know, being rubbish the next year. <laughs> Some big mistake. Stick to the shorts, fellas. It reminds me in basketball, there's a lot of research that shows if you do free throws as a bucket throw mm -hmm. rather yes. than the overhead, you basically massively increase your That's ability to shoot uncool. free kicks. But it's so uncool <laughs> that no one will do it. So athletes, oh, there are some things that athletes go, I'm going to do anything to improve my game. And then what about shoot a ball in a bucket weight? No. No. Sorry, not going to do I, that. I, I was lying when I said I'd do anything. <laughs> yeah. There, there are one percenters that you cannot go for. Yeah, and shorts might be 
<laughs> in that one. I like when we go back in time because mm. this one's a great one that I actually hadn't heard of and it's going way back to the great W.G. Grace mm-hmm. who was a... A phenomenal in, cheat. A, a phenomenal cheat, <laughs> you know, one of the first star cricketer. Yes. And said to be at the time is English, for those that don't know, W.G. Grace, first great cricketer, great batsman, broke all these records, was the first one that was a true superstar in that crowds would come to see yeah. and was said to be, in terms of fame, second to only Queen Victoria during his lifetime. Yep. I know he got paid a lot to come out to Australia to play yes. and bring tours out and all this sort of stuff. And interesting, like, he always pretended that he was a amateur gentleman and <laughs> cascaded others who did take money. Meanwhile, he made a fortune under the table. Yeah. But in one game, another player called Billy Midwinter. Mm-hmm. Now, Billy Midwinter, let's just say he's f- played fast and loose with his nationality. <laughs> he didn't seem to care which country he played for. I mean, and in those days, it was pretty much just the Ashes. Yes. So and Australia like... was really the colonies at this mm. point and most of them consider themselves British anyway. Yes. But he would flop between... <laughs> Australia and England in terms of what team he would play yeah, for? Yeah, he'd play for England. Then another time around he'd say, oh, I'll play for Australia now. I'm not really quite sure how he decided which team he was going to play for, but right. he went back and forth at least twice. So, and I, I think it was England, Australia, England. I may have that wrong. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. So this is in the Ashes test though. This yes. isn't like, I mean, it was at least, this is sort of 1881, 82, and, and then he went back to Australia. But in 1878... He's playing for Australia and he's selected for a tour game against Middlesex. Yes. At the same time, WG Grace is furious because he believes Midwinter's agreed to play for his county, yeah. uh, Gloucestershire. What does Grace do in the middle of the test? He comes up and kidnaps him. He <laughs> says, oh, you're coming back to play with me. So picks him up, gets him in. You from know, another ground entirely. From another ground, off they go over, over the Thames. <laughs> We're off to, you're, off, you're off to play for a, a different team now. And the Australians are in hot pursuit trying to get him back. Yeah, the team manager chases him yeah. trying yeah. to capture him. Yeah. And so therefore, basically the Australians have to return their match without... With, with Billy Midwinter, because now he's got to go play for WG Grace. See, all these old stories, you think, I don't think this is going to happen these days. No. But then I wonder sometimes. I mean, I could see that happening in the IPL. <laughs> well, maybe not the IPL, but one of those yeah, one of the, the ones. one of those West Indies. Uh, yeah. Or the new South African one. Yeah. Because yeah. T20 tournaments are a bit like nightclubs. <laughs> they pop up. They're popular for like a year yeah. and then suddenly a new one pops up yeah. and that one's gone, yeah. basically. You you can't really keep across all the IPL no, or the older no. T20 ones. Yeah, but the great thing about those olden time things is like they were just making it up as they went along in those days. Like it wasn't yeah. there was no serious. Sp- it was just, oh, yeah, we'll have a game of cricket and then later retrospectively they go, well, these ones are tests and these ones are first class and yeah. these ones are just... You know, 11 blokes, 22 blokes having a hit around. I just love how much like reading the history of that of WG Grace and all these guys, right, and all the stuff about amateurism and then even like Thomas Lord who built Lords was a yeah. wine agent so therefore really was interested in having the bottle shop at yeah. the front gate <laughs> to get all the cricket so cricketers would all buy his wine and yeah. all this sort of stuff. These are the guys that now turn around and talk about spirit of the game yes. because yeah. there's never really been a – like it's always been an, a very fluid – yeah. On all sides yes. yeah. of the thing which you come up well. One thing I love is you really identify what an open joke the Allen Border medal ceremony is. <laughs> Just one of the weirdest 
why do you think it doesn't work? I mean, the NRL and the AFL's nights works so well. Yeah. You know, and have all this interest. And the Cricket Awards has just always been a... I don't think anyone would care or be able to name who won... I mean, I guess it's it's mainly one team rather than eight. Yeah, I, I I I think that it is a smaller pool of of players to go from. I, I think it was interesting in the early years when it was a great like in, when it started in two thousand. It was yeah. a, that was the era of like this great Australian men's team. Yeah, like, you know your Ponting War era. You know, McGrath, Warren, Gilchrist, that, yeah. like one of the greatest teams of all time. Yeah, it was kind of interesting at that point because they had no challenges on the field. It was just like well. Who's the best of this lot this year? Yeah, and, th- and that that was kind of interesting. And as that team kind of died down, I think it becomes, well, is it going to be Steve Smith or David Warner this year? Yeah, for a while. And then I think it's become perhaps a little more interesting in recent years, subtly, when you're building this great women's team to see, you know, okay, well, it adds it, another team to it, doesn't yeah. it? So at least there's another lot of category of awards yeah. or something. But. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely it's definitely limited by the the number of players you've got to choose from, and the fact that yeah, just all you have to do is look at the stats. And you know, well, it's really between two or three people most years. Yeah, it's not quite like yeah. the the other thing. I'm but it does lead to comedy regularly because yes. I've watched some. Sometimes it leads to comedy by just mind numbing boringness. Mm. Like you're almost like it's almost hard to have, have manufactured something so boring. <laughs> other times, I mean, there's ones like. The production values often have seen over the years very off. It's it's, it's definitely uh, fallen away as the years have gone on. It, it start it started off as this big glitzy affair at yeah. Crown Casino, you know, live broadcast live, and it's definitely fallen away over the years. And now it's you know a few people Sometimes in the back room. it's streamed on the Cricket yeah. Australia app, basically. Yeah. Yes, I like the one where you raise where um, they got Michael Clark's name spelt wrong. He was the test captain at the time. Yeah, he was the test captain at the time and they dropped the E. Let's drop the E. Don't bother spell checking that. Yeah. Why would you bother? And he he wouldn't have been bothered by that. <laughs> no. Michael Clark, like, very, very easy going man. Yeah. yeah. But then uh, the thing that you point out, which did make me laugh because it, it reminded me of it very much, is it looked like a PowerPoint <laughs> that a, the work experience kid had just like pulled together yeah. like 10 minutes before. Like yeah. can you quickly – like the lack of production values and forethought was kind of amazing. It, it was very noticeable at the time. Now nothing tops though. While um, we're bagging these awards, I would also want to add that I'm glad they've existed for one reason only and that is Tomo's speech. Yeah. Tomo's induction into the Hall of Fame. Into the Hall of Fame. Instant classic. One of the great – speeches of all time. I mean, he's one of the greatest bowlers of all time. Yep. But I've actually copied from your book some of the ones because I think we almost <laughs> for the listeners have to read some yep. of these. If, and I think it's on YouTube. Uh, yes. So you can go and listen to this speech and it's... Hopefully it's still on YouTube. Yeah, it was the last time I yes. checked. I have watched on YouTube before, but it's glorious. So he talks about a bunch of things. I was going to just run through some of them because you've got to, to give it justice, whatever the, what he actually said. He talked about getting old. So this is to set the scene. He's in front of the sponsors, players, their wives and girlfriends, yep. a lot of the top cream of cricket biz- administrators, yep. business people, like yep. being broadcast on television. <laughs> so it's it's a it's meant to be this glamorous event. Yep. And he delivers what at best is like a, a local cricket club boozy best night. And best and fairest <laughs> speech. Yep. Right. He kind of delivers in a way that there's he pays no 
either care or awareness of what the... Yeah. Probably not even best and fairest, probably most improved or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's like everyone's been on the cans for a few hours and you yep. get up and you've had a few and no one's recording it. Yep. That's the kind of speech he gives. <laughs> so when he talks about getting old and he goes, even my eyeballs are shrinking. I had to go to Specsos the other day and you wouldn't believe it. It's the only good thing about getting old I found was that they gave me these glasses for close up. So they magnify everything. I used them in the shit house just before and I was pretty happy with what I had down there. I've just got to get a pair for my wife. So that's one of his opening bits. Yep. He then said, for me, it's about the kids, my wife down there, all the shit she's had to put up with for 40 years. She didn't get all the trips you girls down there get now. We had to sneak them in on planes. They didn't come on the same planes. They used to stay in some shit hole down the road. I'm serious. The guys will tell you, all the blokes, no wonder half of them are divorced. <laughs> so that was another bit. The final bit is um, my parents, you know, my old man's dead now. My mum's still alive. She's 97. Shit, I hope I don't last that long. Not the way I drink. We're going to run out of money very shortly, especially tonight. <laughs> But it goes on. It was I won't go through it. It was just a it was just a great moment. It was in yeah. sport. If you weren't watching that night and you missed it, uh, yeah, it, it was the kind of thing where people was like, "Are you watching Tom?" <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. I remember the phone started pinging even though I was yeah. watching it. Going, you what? You better be watching this. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wow, it's great, yeah. fantastic. Uh, but he genuinely doesn't care, does he? No, no. Uh, like that. That's. I mean, this is probably it's his personality yeah. too, right? It's his personality. It's probably material he's worked, you know, on all his speaking circuits. It did sound like he was trying out new material <laughs> yeah, in this, not not actually worrying about. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. yeah but I think stuff. it's right. Like his personality is, you would expect him to get up and do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fantastic stuff from Thomas. Yeah. You do mention, and you've got this gloriously on the cover, uh, John Howard's bowling. Yes. Uh, the famous uh, image of him bowling almost straight into the pitch and hitting himself. Yeah. This, so so he's over in Pakistan and yeah. he thinks, oh, I'll just do a photo shoot bowling to some of the local kids, show, yeah. show them my wares. And this is, you know, when he's at his peak cricket tragic mode. Yeah. And all he can do is just basically bowl the ball straight into his own feet. It's uh yeah. A very, very comical moment from John I, Howard. I always thought, like, if he'd bowled that ball well, like, mm. not like, you know, astoundingly well, but just you'd have never seen that footage yeah. ever again. Wouldn't have even seen it the first time, I don't think. It's pretty boring. I know. And now it's on everywhere. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it comes up regularly yeah. in every highlight. There's a few, because Bob Hawke got a bouncer to, and smashed his glasses yeah, in the that Prime Minister's it. game. So there's been a few times politicians but, have... Yeah, got involved and uh, not not come off uh, very well uh, for doing so as a rule. But there's a whole thing about, you know, we've talked about on our podcast before, Kim Jong-un and uh, Putin and how yeah. they manufacture ones. I mean, but then Boris Johnson tackling the kid and <laughs> it's just, if you're, if you're a political advisor and your minister or prime minister or premier says... I reckon I should have a go at this. You're always better to go. No. No, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Have some have some modesty for once. Yeah. Or save it till, uh, if you're Bob Hawke, save it till after you retire and just go to the, the cricket and scull a beer on TV and have it's all, all the It's all you need to cheer. do. Yeah. It's all you need to yeah. do. Uh, some of the others, you've got Mark Waugh and Steve Waugh's ability to run each other out all the time. Yeah. Uh, that was always a great one. There was the one where Waugh was not Mark Waugh was not even – he was serving as a runner for Craig yeah. So he wasn't even batting with his brother. His brother was at the other end, but he yep. was just acting as the runner. He managed to get run out 
It was Mark that got managed to run out. Mark got run out. Yeah. Uh, Steve was on 99 not out, which, That's is, right. which is the best thing about and so it. So that was the end of the innings, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the end of the innings. <laughs> McDermott was the last batter in. Uh, Steve's on 99 not out. Mark backs up too far. Runners, by the way, tragic loss to the game. One of the funniest things ever. Yeah, always. Extra... I used to get so excited when yeah. the runner got bowled in. It was so, so much confusing more fun. to just yeah, have yeah. one extra person out there. Anyway, Mark runs halfway down the pitch. Steve says, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Sends him back. Mark's run out. And uh, Steve's not too impressed to have yet another 90 in his record book. At least it was a not out this time, I guess. I know, but like your own brother is not even, you're not even meant to be in the game. Like it would have been yeah. better to have McDermott running for himself because <laughs> yeah. he wouldn't have run. He wouldn't have gone anyway, yeah. You know, and I would add 100, you know. So they were always, they were just always that great yin and yang of complete opposites from, and war would have to be one of the loosest units. Like even on TV, yeah, you always get the sense he's, only paying half attention to it he has, even when he's presenting. Yeah, he's slowly become one of my favourite commentators just because how little he cares about anything. He'll just come yeah. on and say anything or just like, I'm not even sure you're watching this game, Mark. Oh, yeah, it's, it's media training has never touched, <laughs> nah. you know, Mark yeah. or whatsoever. But I, I, I find that strangely amusing just to watch someone who's just on there just because he played cricket May not yeah. know all that much about it, but he's going to offer his opinion anyway because he's Mark War. Yeah, like, yeah. That's fine. You you tell us how it is, Mark. <laughs> you have the 12th man in there, isn't <laughs> it? I think the 12th man, like it is one of those ones where I don't think he can convey to someone. So these were these comedy records of mm. making jokes about the commentators and the players and he'd, Billy Birmingham would do the impressions of them all. I don't think unless you grew up in that pre-internet 80s kind of early 90s world, how big these albums were for cricket fans. You would listen to them over and yeah. over. And like even to this day, there's bits in it that I can quote almost verbatim. Yeah. They were just absolutely hilarious. I know now there's things in it that people would say that has not aged well. So yeah. there's a lot of jokes about making fun of um, the names, the various names. Yeah. But even that, right, I go, but he he makes fun of everything. Yeah. He, he, I know that's out of style now, but yeah. it's not like even that it's kind of like, it's of it. yes, it's of its time, but it's not super mean-spirited, I don't think. I listened no. back to a bit of it for this and thought it jars because we're now, you know, you now you wouldn't do it. But at the same time, it's not like he's going on like huge racist rants no, or something. No. And there's a lot in it that, is perfectly funny and yeah. acceptable today. I think you know? 95% of it is has still, aged, which, yeah, yeah. you know, for something from the 80s, I'm not sure you can find many comedians who got yeah. like 95% of it aging well. Yeah, that's right. Like, and and it, it, yeah. You as, wouldn't be hard to redo it for today yeah. with no problems and you would not lose much of it. And as you say, in the, at the time, it was enormous. It was like, it kind of blew my mind. I was a teenager at the time when the first one came out. Yeah. And I could still remember, it must have been Christmas Day, my uncle, one of my uncles had it and we would just put it in the cassette player, yeah. press players, just like, and, you know, it was a bit rude for teenagers, so it was all a bit secret and yeah. we were just listening to this so it would my go younger for, brothers it would be didn't like, hear it. Uh, we'd do it like it was a live cricket match happening yep. and he was commentating it as all the different Channel 9 personalities yeah. basically and sometimes players would come in and all this. So that's, for those of them, that's what it was like. It was like one hour long sketch yeah. basically. Yeah. But like it was a thing, and it was it just perfectly got all those Everything. people. Yeah. And it was the first time I think I realized that you could make jokes about cricket, which was just yeah, like, yeah. 
Yeah, you can. Yeah, you, this is funny. This is great. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah. And it's funny that no one has ever really done the same thing ever again. Like no. it's a kind of, a, you know, I can't think of many that, that you'd say is the same thing basically yeah. like he carved out this brilliant niche and then yeah yeah i think it'd be very hard for somebody else to claim it partially but I'm the, the well, it'll look like a ripoff yeah as well course. if you were doing and it. the commentators aren't quite as iconic now i don't think i don't think anyone's quite as iconic as those no you know, the richie tony bill uh ian chapel there seems to be a lot more just pure hatred towards <laughs> a lot of the commentators rather yeah. than like lovingly yeah like just mocking them yeah i still always think of one of the bits from the albums to this day I will regularly quote to people or say when various discussions happening, which is, you you know, that was when Chel and I used to do all the memorabilia. Yes. And so they have a bit where Tony, you know, he's pretending to be Tony Gregg and he's flogging them, like saying, you know, we got this wonderful, you know, framed blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, they always didn't It's a, a limited edition Limited to how many we can sell. Yeah. And I yeah. always think of that, right? Like, yeah. you know, whenever I see limited edition or someone <laughs> saying, you know, sell, you know, one shower, like we're, we're just we're keeping it very small mm. to how many we can sell. Yeah. <laughs> we'll I, always I, add more. I think most uh, cricket fans in Australia have one of the limited edition ones somewhere in their garage, somewhere that either they've bought or someone's bought for them. Yeah. And it's I just know, always wonder who was buying it. Like, you know what I mean? My, <laughs> I got like, one for Christmas one year. Just like, okay. I reckon there's a lot of that. There's a yep. lot of like, you know. I won't go through all of these because they're just there's so many. I mean you, you There's a hundred of them. There's a hundred. You cover <laughs> off Shane Watson's front leg, which yeah. is fantastic. Mickey Arthur's homework gate. Suspensions get a mention, which mm. I, I was very glad to see. Merv Hughes's Bay 13 aerobic sessions. Yes. Your session was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Phil Tufnell's entire fielding <laughs> career. Yeah. And you also bring up the wonderful Hey 8 Saturday Red Faces with the man, the. Uh, music, the mystery mi- the music mi- man? Music man. Music man, yeah. yes. Which I'd forgotten about that completely. Um, it's amazing how you look back at some of those things and. At the time as a kid, I thought this is the funniest thing ever. And now you look back and like the production phase and like it's basically like a pub. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny how the the patina of age changes. <laughs> like Because you used to not be able to go back. Now with YouTube, you can go, go back, back and watch these yeah. things. We have evidence. And you think they were. So I, like I remember I had a TV, some show I watched as a kid, some cartoon. And I was telling my kids once, this was the greatest cartoon ever. It was really layered, really amazing. And then we found on YouTube and watched five minutes of it. Like, this is horrendous. But, you know, you know and it's a bit like that with some yeah. of those things. But the Phil Tufnell stuff was great. I just want to bring up before we, we finish up, one of my favourite moments, uh, and it gets us onto the BBL, which is always <laughs> funny, Sydney Thunders 15 all out. <laughs> I can remember this really well. This is in the Big Bash League. You actually just quote, the ball by ball action, which I won't read out, but is literally wicket, dot ball, wicket, wicket wide, yep, yep. wicket, 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 wicket. So they're all out for 15. At the time, it was the lowest total in the history of men's T20 cricket. Mm. That night, I remember people tuning into that game <laughs> when they were like six for one or something yep. insane. They had to be quick too. It was over <laughs> like 15 minutes. Like it was, I remember that was like, it's funny that BBL almost needed stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I make that case in the book because I, I, this was uh, the last season 
that we just had. We just had, yeah. And uh, yeah, people were just like, oh, BBL, oh, it's back again, ho-hum. And then all of a sudden this came along and just like, oh, we've got to watch this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It had gone from, uh, you know, it had gone from being absolutely such a great tournament mm. in those early few years yep. to, I, I think the real problem is if you, you know, if you live in, we're, we're both in Melbourne. Yeah. People are sports mad and they love their footy and people get, there's that tribalism. Mm. But have you ever had anyone go to me, <laughs> oh, you're a Melbourne Stars fan, huh? Yeah. Oh, you know, didn't do too well last night. Yeah. No one has ever no. in my life asked me who I bank for, whether <laughs> I bank for the Renegades or the Stars. There is no. No, no one really cares. Real. Um, but it is amazing that because you described T20 in another section. I want to finish on this story because I love it, but. You said T, there's nothing a T20 crowd loves more than a moment that involves no cricket whatsoever. <laughs> and it is kind of true. There yeah. is a lot of people there for the fireworks. Yeah. The KFC Rides, buckets. Yeah, the KFC buckets. Yeah. All kind, anything that's nothing to do with cricket, the chanting, the yeah. singing back to Freddie Mercury. Yeah, whatever. Whatever it is. <laughs> Has nothing to do with cricket. <laughs> yeah, you could it, you could put anything in the middle, and yep. it would be basically. I mean, one day they might get rid of the cricket. Uh, <laughs> you do talk about Rod Quinney's. We'll go back before BBL. Mm. Two thousand twelve makes his Test debut at the Gabba against South Africa, and he scores nine runs. And as you describe it, it's a typical debutant's knock. You know, he's struggling to find his feet. Yep. Stepping up a big level in class. Yes. Doesn't embarrass himself, but he's not yeah, like yeah. setting the world on yeah. fire. So he finishes on nine runs. Everyone would have just gone, yep, yeah, okay, okay, whatever. Give him another crack in. Give him another, yeah, a bit, yeah. But, but, you know, fine. Didn't go out first ball, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, n nothing really to see here. Until Mickey Arthur, who's then the coach, comes out and says, it's the best nine he had ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Made out like this was. Yeah, a lot of people just get nine runs, but this was the yeah. best nine this, runs. This I've, is the Bradman of nines. This, <laughs> which led to like the internet exploded, didn't it? Yeah. Basically, yeah, the best. That's just such a ludicrous concept. Like almost any other score. Yeah, you've you've got to at least get to. I, I remember people went crazy when Usman Khawaja scored thirty seven the first time, and it was just like, oh, this kid's going to be something, and it turned out he was. Yeah, but not at that time. And thirty seven's like, well. All right, you could kind of see hope in that's there. That's a decent de – yeah. if you scored 37 on debut, yeah. you're, you're happy, yeah. you know. Like nine, the greatest nine, nine you've ever seen. Like even the concept that <laughs> yeah. nine runs is has a greatest. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how you rank all the nines, but the, the idea that uh, yeah, he yeah. was on the top of the list, amazing. Yeah, you could have leg – it could be leg buys and a couple of wides in your room is at nine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not like, you know – Mickey Arthur was very good at saying silly things, yes. I always thought, yeah. like that. So that all took off that this was this huge comedic potential. I'm trying to remember if he even played again for his he, he might have had a couple of other tests, tests but he, he, he didn't hang around. Didn't hang long. around, so – that, that, I mean, once, you, once you've hit the greatest nine of all time, yeah. it's all so, downhill from there. What he did do is perform a miracle <laughs> yes. uh, after this. So he's in a T20 game and a seagull gets hit. Mm. Everyone is looking at this seagull and it's dead. It's dead. Poor dead seagull. And then what happens? Well, he goes to pick it up and carry it so to the edge of the Quinny rope. So again. Yeah. Quinny goes, well, someone, everyone's looking at this, well, someone's got to deal with this dead bird. <laughs> yeah. So he goes over, picks it up, carries it to the edge of the rope and kind of gently, of gently puts it down and says, in, yeah. rest in peace, little seagull. We're very sorry that we hit a cricket ball at you, but these things happen. And then a few moments later, 
one of the non-cricket things that T20 crowds love, they love nothing more than a seagull coming back to life because it started to move and then it hopped and then all of a sudden it's up and flying around. Yeah, a, a miracle. <laughs> and, th- and that's what it, you describe as St. Robert of Quinney. <laughs> yes. He's got a he- his healing hands. Yes. <laughs> cured the seagull. Yes. And, and the, the, it was a bit of a weird seagull there because it actually came back and a little bit later and tried to swoop him as he went to field a ball. A very strange seagull. But anyway. The seagull didn't want to be brought back. <laughs> yeah. So, so like something out of Pet cemetery. <laughs> yeah. He brought it back but it's brought back a bit of hell with it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just there's so many. I, I I've purposely not put in the number number one and a few others so that yeah. people can sort of get a sense. But it's just such a wonderful like reminder of so many stupid moments. And yeah. I think one of the reasons we all love sport is I always try and explain this to non-sports fans because you know how to, we care about it deeply, mm. often way too much. Yeah. But I think every and so they often think it's weird. They're like, oh, you know, when they go, oh, you know, is the the the, the sports the, ball on. Yeah, the sports ball on is mm. the team in the red colours yeah. beating the team in the blue colours, you know, and they act like – I don't think they get – we know how stupid and ridiculous it is. Like that is yeah. part of the fun, right? That's like, definitely the fun. To care massively about something that is absolutely pointless <laughs> is what's fun about it, right? Yeah. Like is – because, it, you know, your team loses, you are devastated and all that. But on the back of your mind there's a safety break of going – yeah, but no one's died. No yeah. one's like my family's fine. It hasn't yeah. changed my life in any real material way. I get to have all the emotions with none of the real, no real life outcomes yeah. of all this. Yeah. And I think this book just brings together the, how much sport fans just love the stupidity as much as yeah. the golden moments. As I say in the book, yeah, funny cricket is better than good cricket. I would much rather see something funny happen on a cricket field than – yeah. Someone score a chanceless century. So I say, oh, that's fine. I've seen that. And you get to have both. That's yeah, the great exactly, thing. Yeah. I mean, it's why I do that uh, some of those social media accounts that show village cricket, mm. they almost have more followers than <laughs> the, the actual proper highlights. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just such a wonderful. I mean, when I watch those village games, those highlights, you realize how good the professionals are. Yes. Because cricket really should be a glorious mess, barely. Yeah. Like people throwing the ball back and missing. It's very hard. If it hits you, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you for the trip down memory lane. Uh, it's been absolutely just fantastic. The book is The 100 Funniest Moments in Australian Cricket. It's out ahead of Cricket's Out right now. It's from a firm press, all good bookstores. It's available online and it's very easy to get. You should know how to buy a book, I say to people. I would hope now. so, yes. It's, you know, people sort of explain it to people. Like, yeah, so you got to go to a thing called a bookstore. Yeah. Or you can go on to a thing called the interwebs. Dan, thanks for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. If you'd like more Sports Bazaar, join our membership program, Bazaar Plus. And one of the key bits that people are loving is you get an extra episode every week. Here's a short outtake from our bonus episode. What do you make of the sphere? See, it's a bit much. Don't you reckon it dominates? It does. It's so everything. You go, if you've been going to Vegas, and they, I, I like a light show. I like the fountains that come on and off. Yeah. Check. I like, like all the that. Pyramid. All the, I like, like seeing a pyramid in an Eiffel Tower. Yeah. But that thing pulls focus on like everything. Yeah. You just go, there's a giant egg yeah. illuminated that's like winking at me, looking at me. See, <laughs> they had footage of guys playing shots on golf courses. Yeah. And the thing's staring at them. Yeah. And following the golf ball. It was a bit off-putting. You don't want to feel watched in Vegas. 
<laughs> you know, if it, it's it's like you know the end of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, is what it is. You know, the it, eye. It's like the eye. It's only going to so work you're in, in Mordor. Vegas. You're in Mordor. You're in and you're, Mordor. And then the eye, the massive eye is watching you the whole time. I don't want anyone it seeing what I'm doing There's certain things you don't want people watching you do. Put a cap on it. <laughs> and that's a short clip from our bonus episode each week for members who join our Bizarre Plus program. Simply go to the link in the show notes or go to bizarreplus.com.